535 and welcome to the first in-person meeting of Calaveras Council of Governments and geez it's been well over a year since we've been here so I um, want to thank everybody that's here and can you please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance stand if you can Amber can you lead us please yes, sir. to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. As Alvin is vibrating. <laughs> it all worked. You're good. And uh, before we get started here, I, I want to thank uh, Amber and Aaron and Kylie for the work they did for, in order for us to be here. Um, I sent an email to them yesterday that I got in the morning that the county's IT department was going to close down everything, including the internet um, and phones and computers and all kinds of stuff. But uh, they went on the attack and Derek backed off <laughs> and, and moved it to the 15th. So thank you for your work and getting enabled to, for us to be here this evening. I mean, it was our first meeting, which was already um, in a situation that we were um, not ready for. So anyway, thank you for you guys' work. All right, we'll move on to the consent agenda. Consent agenda items are expected to be routine and non-controversial and will be acted upon by the council at one time without discussion. Any council member, staff member, or interested parties may request that an item be removed from the consent agenda for further discussion. Does any council member wish to remove any consent agenda item? Any staff member? Any member from the public? Seeing none, I'll bring it back to the council. I'm looking for a motion for the consent agenda. I have a motion by Justin. Tim. Second. I'm sorry, I had a motion by Tim and a second by Justin. And I apologize, I don't have a mic. Okay, now I do. Okay, so I have a motion and a second. All in favor? Say aye. 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 Opposed? Passes five two zero I mean excuse me five zero with two absent or I don't know I still I have one on zoom so I guess it's five zero one absent and one on zoom that can't vote we have a member of our council on zoom with us John welcome and uh, I'm being told he can't vote because it wasn't on the agenda or it wasn't an advertised on the agenda that he was going to be via zoom so well, I think technically Okay, John, you can vote if you want, and if there's anybody going to uh, say anything about it, then we'll go I, back from there. But, Mr. Chair, can I you hear us, John? I can hear you fine, and I vote aye. He votes aye. Okay. All right. Tim had something. In our last meeting of the discussions, I was left with the impression that he had that as an option. I thought so, too. I was, too. Okay. And I apologize for bringing it up, but. Yes. How, however, um, 
I mean, if that's what the hybrid rules are, that's what the rules are. But I, we were, I was under the impression that, that they had the option of either being in person or being in Zoom. Well, and my apologies for any confusion. It was my understanding all the board members wanted to attend in person, and we weren't going to do the AB 361. Yeah, we didn't do the AB 361. It's not on our consent agenda. But we were making okay. it available so, to the so board. I thought we did this because the mandate we were... was going to be at CSAC. No, no yeah, but you're, you're, we did talk about it. You're right, but it, it wasn't on for us to approve AB 361 on Correct. this agenda, okay. which was a I get part it. of it, because we didn't know John wasn't going to be here. We, we assumed everybody was going to be here. So that's the reason. All right, we'll move on to the regular agenda. Uh, item number four on the regular agenda is uh, public comment. This is five minutes per person. Comments should be limited to items that are within the subject matter and jurisdiction of the council and not on the posted agenda. Government Code Section 54945.3A. Is there any public comment at this time, either in person or on Zoom? Yes, come to the microphone. Can I address item five? Um, address the item five. What's can, that? Can you address, address item five? The no, no. Well, well not I, until I, we get to item five. This is open public comment. I'll, I'll, I'll give you public comment when we, for I'll each wait, item. So I'll wait till item five. Okay. Any other public comment? Aaron, nothing? Okay, we'll move on from item four, close public comment. We'll go on to item number five. This is the presentation of the final report for the Bicycle Tourism and Economic Development Plan. And this is our fearless leader, Executive Director, Amber Collins. Well, fearless leader, I've already made some mistakes this evening. My apologies. Um, but we're bringing to you the, the final report for the Bike Tourism and Economic Development Plan. This project started several years ago. Um, so uh, we're finally bringing you, just as an informational item, this is not an action item, um, the presentation of the study outcomes, the recommendations, um, and potential next steps from this project. Uh, this was a grant-funded project through Caltrans. And it was a five, five regions came together to apply for this grant with Cal Bike. This was San Joaquin, Stanislaus, Tuolumne, Alpine. Is that five? Yes, I think so. Um, and then Cal Bike. Um, COG got involved because we know cycling, you know, there's a lot of cyclists up here. It's a very attractive place to cycle. Um, and, you know, Calaveras is definitely trying to promote economic development. And so we just saw this as an opportunity to study what bicycle tourism could do, you know, generate for this region, as well as look at ways to promote safe cycling, maybe identify um, safe routes that uh, the county might want to promote for safe cycling in our region. Um, so the study was completed by a consultant team, which we have, I believe, yep, I <laughs> see little tiny square up there. Um, Carrie McNichol with uh, Fear and Pierce, she was the project manager. Um, she had also some subs, new economics and advisory, who did the economic study. Um, and then they also hired Cal Bike and then Motherload Bicycle Coalition. We have Rob Williams here, who's the founder of the Bike Coalition, who um, did a lot of the outreach and recommendations for this project. So with that, I'll hand it over to Carrie if she can share her screen. Thanks, Amber. Can everyone hear me okay? Can we turn the... How about now? Better. Better, Better but we still need more volume.
Is there an echo? 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 <laughs> no. Well, John was quiet too. speaking very loudly as well. That works. I'll use my, use my outdoor voice instead. <laughs> uh, so Amber, thank you for that great introduction. Um, as she mentioned, my name is Terry McNichol. I am with Barrett Gears and was part of the project team that brought the uh, bike tourism study to this phase of things. Um, as she mentioned, it was a five-county effort. Um, I think she got them all there, Alpine, Calder, Stanislaus, Walden, and Joaquin, um, and was a, an exciting kind of project. Um, I think the first question that we, we get asked often is kind of uh, why? Why bike tourism? Why this specific niche of bicycling? Um, and generally what we're seeing is a huge increase in tourism overall as an industry and particularly over the last year and a half, almost two years, during COVID. A uh, huge number of trips, uh, increase in the number of bicycling trips within our Cuyahoga County area, um, and a lot of new research on the overall economic benefit that bicycle tourism can offer, um, including even here locally and what we've seen in some of the, the, the counties within the study area. So the project goals were really to work collaboratively to identify opportunities for bike tourism as an economic development strategy, and at the same time, be able to expand mode choice and transportation access for residents and for visitors. So it's a different type of bike plan than what uh, we normally see in our transportation kind of planning efforts, um, but ultimately the goal is to find you know, where those two things overlap to be really a win-win opportunity. Um, so the project elements um, that were involved in this included an assessment of the value of bicycle tourism, an overview of some of the best practices that we've seen uh, throughout the nation and beyond, an analysis of what some of the impediments are to bike tourism within our county, um, and then ultimately a set of infrastructure recommendations as well as programmatic marketing type recommendations and a toolkit for organizations who may wish to host bicycling events. Um, there's a lot of content in this plan. I think there's something for everyone from a, a chamber of commerce to a nonprofit group to a you know elected official working on transportation efforts and issues. Um, but we've really tried to have there be pieces in this that no matter what your role is, um, whether it's the transportation side or the economic side, that there's only usable pieces of content in here and things that we can learn from uh, moving forward. So on the economic analysis, um, Calaveras County, of our five counties, uh, had the highest number of organized bicycling events. Um, and there were some benefits from the proximity to being the gateway. Even though that is, you know, within Alpine County, uh, it's really, you know, economically speaking, the access to it is here in Calaveras County. Um, we also saw a very high number of existing leisure riders, uh, particularly mountain bikers. So currently, with, with what's happening currently and based on the data that we were able to, to generate, 
Um, there are about 4,600 rides that take place, and that's individual kind of bicycle trips. We This one is ready to talk. Okay. And this one is on. I think we're good. I don't hear myself anymore. Um, yeah, can you hold on for just, can you, can you hold on for just a second? Sure. We're, we're having some technical difficulties. Okay, go ahead. Okay, how about now? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, great. Um, so within the, the focus area and focus community that we selected for Calaveras County, which is the Angels Camp and Murphy's area and the corridor in between, um, those rides generate about $345,000 annually in, in rider expenditures that are captured locally. Um, that ranges from things like uh, bicycle parts, food, lodging, registration fees, um, and purchases such as, you know, the bikes that get purchased at the bike shop in Angel's Camp. Um, we don't have conclusive documentation of, of every event and every expenditure that happens, and this is just a snapshot of what's happening in that, that focused area around Angel's Camp and around Murphy's right now. Um, so there's also benefits that come through health savings. Um, so while these aren't created by bike tourism, uh, the argument is, you know, health savings are an indication of access and benefits for riders locally that can benefit from that bike infrastructure. Um, so within, there's a pretty small number of bike commuters within Calaveras County, you know, the where the jobs are and where the houses are and the roadways in between aren't necessarily conducive to bicycling there. Um, but there is still about $110,000 annually that's realized uh, from existing health savings within, within our kind of showcase area that I'll talk more about. Um, so the, the great news is that there is a lot of uh, opportunities and there's a, a great deal more detail of this, on this in the report. Um, but the, the main areas where we see opportunity is in um, growing the bike community through different and additional organized leisure rides. So this could provide support for local bike shops, local businesses, and create a family-friendly opportunity for residents and for visitors seeking recreational exercise and sightseeing opportunities. Uh, the existing wineries, tap rooms, brew pubs, the great restaurants in the county, um, also offer great potential destinations for bike tourism, in addition to the fact that there's already great existing outdoor recreation within the county. Um, making sure that, you know, the marketing goes along with that, that there's signage, that there's, you know, access to places to leave your bike when you're doing all of these great activities is also going to be really important. Um, and then collecting data over time so we know how we're doing. Um, I think the, the big takeaway for Calaveras County on the economic side of things um, is that this, the, that kind of $345,000 number um, was in the middle of the pack uh, for the counties, pretty similar to what's seen in Stanislaus County right now. 
Um, by way of comparison, in Lodi, uh, they're currently realizing over $2 million in annual kind of bicycle tourism revenues. Um, it is not unrealistic to think that it would be very easy to double that number to about half a million here by, by pretty minor investments um, in, in marketing the area as a bicycle destination and getting a few additional events and rides on the books. So the project recommendations then were, were developed to be in support of um, those outcomes and in support of those goals. And I think the other piece of this story here is Calaveras County is really, um, all the pieces are in place. It's just a matter of assembling the puzzle and building the puzzle together to see that final picture. Um, so a lot of the projects that we recommended um, came directly from conversations with the community, came from um, our own project team's time spent out on the roads, um, and from existing plans and efforts and studies that have already been undertaken. Uh, so the map here shows um, some of the different locations of lodging, attractions, bike shops, and that's mapped along kind of what the level of traffic stress is. So how stressful is it to, um, to bike on the roadways in the counties currently? Um, obviously we know that, that a lot of our main roads to get to and from places are the state routes. Um, there's a lot of demand on those roads, a lot of heavy, you know, fast moving traffic. Um, so looking at opportunities outside of those um, to be able to diversify kind of our user profile and then type of people who would feel comfortable biking on those roads. You know, someone like me that's going to be more comfortable in, you know, on a beach cruiser and getting tacos at the end of a ride than in, you know, spandex on a, on a road bike like, like maybe Rob would be who's there in the audience I know. Um, making sure we can diversify it. So with that in mind, the, the signature project that was recommended for, for Calaveras County is actually implementing something that's already been planned, which is looking at the development of a trail um, along Angels Creek to, to the reservoir. Um, in addition to that, um, we have recommended a few strategic repaving projects, um, as well as some, um, some different kind of supportive amenity type programs that could help just promote and make it feel like a place that's welcoming to bike. Um, so this would include some improvements, ideally along SR 49, um, where it's it's you know pretty constrained right now um, and is unsafe feeling for, for almost all user types. Um, so a paved class one path um, within the city of Angels and along SR 49 um, towards the fairgrounds uh, would be the recommended way to make that feel a lot safer for folks traveling between those destinations. Um, and then ultimately, you know, transitioning into a natural surface, soft surface trail uh, within the recreation area. Um, and of course, amenities along the way for folks too. Uh, so some of the additional projects that were recommended um, included some, as I mentioned, strategic repaving. Uh, places like Dogtown Road, San Domingo Road, Sheep Ranch Road. Um, looking at, at those opportunities simply to repave. Um, unlocks those roads as, as places where, where bicycle, bicycle routes can run that get people off of those state facilities um, and that offer new opportunities for events. And, and I mean, the scenery is just beautiful on these roads too. Um, along Six Mile Road, connecting over to Ironstone up in Murphy's, um, an opportunity for a, a class one path to create you know, a non-motorized connection between Murphy's and the vineyard and all of the events that happen out at Ironstone. And then again, looking at um, bicycle amenities such as bicycle parking, uh, wayfinding signage, helping people know how to get from one place to the next, 
Um, and then increasingly, we're seeing needs for e-bike charging locations. Uh, so we identified some locations within the county that we thought could be good sort of bike tourism hubs where you could have um, parking, wayfinding signage, maybe a, a charging location for an e-bike that's in an existing kind of destination or park or public place. Um, so again, we've got our toolbox of improvements um, that are recommended generally for projects throughout the five counties, um, things including shoulder improvements, repavings, trail crossings, and the recommendations are designed to be applicable um, across the five counties in the showcase areas. So while we've recommended you know, these projects as a starting point in Calaveras County, uh, there's also projects in Tuolumne and in San Joaquin County, for example, that could, that could greatly benefit. For example, a trail connecting from San Joaquin County up to Lake Comanche. Um, similarly, the, the programmatic support elements, um, making sure that there's you know, appropriate maps and brochures. That was a, a request we heard specifically from, from the bike shop in Calaveras County and in City of Angels. Um, making sure that there's, you know, ways to support our local businesses and, and things like that, um, as well as, you know, potentially guided tourism opportunities. So on the program and policy kind of recommendation side of things, uh, there's also a batch of, of um, separate kind of first pass things that we, we recommend tackling. Um, one is ensuring safe rumble strip application. There's some guidance on that in the plan and for how that can be looked at. So that we see safety for all road users um, without you know kind of making it impossible for somebody to bike on those shoulders uh, improving signage i've mentioned a couple times um, and then really getting the word out about things like the bike ride event toolkit that was created um, lastly and perhaps uh, most importantly i think maintaining the momentum uh, there's an existing project website at bike valley to sierra.com and then i think the the what has gotten this project this far is really the sharing of information and resources um, from having it be a five county effort. So considering some kind of regional group um, and maybe that's just Calaveras County to start and then you know maybe our neighbors get added in. Um, but looking at ways to continue the momentum forward and maybe do things like joint grant applications. Um, at the end of the day, just considering how um, promoting bicycling can really bring more money back into our communities and to our local businesses. Um, so with that, the project website, as I mentioned, is bikevalleytosierra.com. The full project report can be found there, um, as well as you know some continued updates. Uh, and with that, um, I'm happy to take any questions that you might have on the on the plan or the recommendations. Are there any council questions on this item, Justin? This is John over on the Zoom meeting. Uh, John. Yeah, if you can hear me. Yeah, um, again. I was actually happily surprised over Thanksgiving uh, talking to one of my um, in-laws who apparently lives in the Lodi area and for 50 miler and 100 miler cycling rides those are not um, atypical those are actually somewhat standard rides for cyclists and they'll start in Lodi come on up through Jackson head up 88 cut over 26 and come back down through Moak Hill and as I saw the, the smaller side roads of um, Sheep Ranch and Six Mile and others that were mentioned in this, I just want to say, you know, both for the county at large as well as uh, cyclists especially, those are outstanding ride points. Um, and with the, the growth, hopefully, of, of 
making our county a, a more tourist attractive county cycling is a wonderful and appeals to a dynamic of folks who do have disposable income to uh, to spend the time and spend some money as they travel around um, I am glad to see this presentation I know we get some bike money obviously I know the bike money we get isn't going to go ahead and pay Sheep Ranch Road for example but the the added value to paving some of those roads not only for the cyclists but also making them safer for the uh, drivers as well as some of those are almost single lane no shoulder roads I think is wonderful and, and I'm glad to see the the effort and the highlighting of some of our natural resources um, that we have thank you thank you John for those comments any other council comments Alvin yeah, I'm going to go for a second. I would like to second exactly what John said. And um, there is some interest in biking. Um, I know right before COVID hit really hard, we had a triathlon kind of event planned. Uh, there, would, there was a swim at Maloney's. And then I, I want to say it was bike up to Murphy's, bike back, and then a run around Maloney's, I think was, was the plan. But that kind of got pushed to the side. Um, so I hope that event planner comes back and talks to us again. And I know even BMX biking was out at the fairgrounds a couple weeks ago, um, and there was a lot of uh, a lot of excitement around that. Um, so I don't know. This is a great report and, and pretty interesting, actually. So thank you. Any other council comments or questions? I guess uh, my question is how uh, how are we going to get funding for this <clears throat> these kind of projects? I think this plan's kind of unique where it's going to be, you know, it's going to take multiple organizations and agencies to implement this. I mean, we have Rob Williams who's going to have to champion uh, quite a few of these things um, through, you know, nonprofit organizations and private entities. So it's good private, you know, and public partnerships that will have to be done. And then um, I think, like John said, you know, it could be opportunities to seek um, other funding sources to get roads paved. You know, I mean, we could maybe potentially use this to justify, you know, paving six mile is a, a bike pet improvement, you know, as opposed to just a, a vehicle, vehicle improvement. So I think we'll use the data and information from this to go after, you know, funding to support existing projects or current needs like Wagon Trail. We can show that this, you know, Wagon Trail will connect a, a pretty big gap that connects you from Stockton to um, Angels Camp. Yes, Tim. Lisa and I discovered e-bikes during the quarantine, and we really love them, and that's awesome. One of the logistical challenges I see is you drive up to go over Ebbets Pass, and the sign says, share the road, but there's not enough road. In fact, there's nothing on that side of the fog line, basically. So, um, and of course, by law, we're supposed to give them three feet, which is a challenge. So, um, I'm curious if we're going to try to address some of those things, too. Yeah, I think part of this plan too is, you know, where do you want to encourage cyclists and then how do you make it safe and educate drivers as well as cyclists and the share the road signs are kind of tricky. Those mean there's not room for both the car and the cyclist, so watch out, there could be a cycle on this. Um, so it's kind of just warning the car to watch out for the cyclist. Especially leading up to the death race. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think, you know, improving education for the drivers 
and the public, like where do we want to direct people to cycle up here, um, and where how can we educate people that there are going to be cyclists on this road? I think um, will be important for us to partner with our regional agencies as well as you know bike um, coalition. Any other council questions or comments? Hearing none, I'll open it to the public. Mr. Williams, you anxious to get up here and speak to us? I think being anxious is, uh, I'm beyond excited um, to, to be here today. Um, I'm the founder of the Mother Load Bike Coalition, and we represent cyclists from Mariposa to Amador and Alpine County. I'm also the outreach manager for the report that was just given. So for over two years, I'm the one that made phone calls, pulled people together, interviewed, wrote. Um, I'm your gold nugget in the county when it comes to, well, how can we get funding? Where, the, where do people ride? Where are the events? So I know I don't have much time, and I probably, this is not the venue, but when it comes time to talk, I think you need to give me a call. You know, there's seven events in our county. And I run Ride and Walk for Art on March 20th out of Valley Springs. Last year, 155 cyclists. Party Party brings in 1,400 cyclists. Pedaling Paths brings cyclists from Linden, about 300. Mr. Frog's Ride, Ebbets Pass Century. Death Ride for the 40th anniversary brought cyclists up Ebbets Pass twice. They canceled going Carson. So we have seven bike events encouraging people to, to ride in our county. Um, I guess I should just leave with a story about people biking um, in our area. And I was um, a bit angry when Angels Camp and Murphy's were was identified as the showcase area. So if you read the report, there's a part that says part two. It was my chance to say, wait a minute, you need to go look at Mountain Ranch. So here's my story. Roger Ebbett owns quite a few buildings in Moak Hill. He um, has petroglyphs as well. And at a party for Don Stump Saturday, um, Roger came running up to me, and he'll be 70 on Friday, and he said, I rode to work. I rode my e-bike from Jesus Maria and Mountain Ranch to work, and it was bliss. And he said the road was like my private bike lane. And for cyclists who go to Italy every year, that is exactly what it feels like. It's wide, it's open, it's pristine pavement, beautiful trees. We have a resource to get people out here to stay and play. Not just bike, but go to big trees, stay at the Hotel Leger, shop in town. So I'm here to help, and um, I'm really glad to see my friend Marlon here tonight, too. I don't know what his role is tonight, but uh, I can't think of a nicer person. And Marlon, I should tell you, starting in January, our first meeting of the Bike and Pedestrian Advisory Committee is being formed of all the um, bike coalitions, advocacies, businesses that are interested in bike tourism, so we'll and safe, safe infrastructure, infrastructure, and we're starting our first meeting in, in January of 2022. So thank you tonight, John, Alvin, um, Amber, and Gary. Thanks a lot. Provided in our packet on this item. Marlon, 
Good, good evening, Mr. Chair. Good evening to the board. Good evening, Madam Director. I would like to call attention to um, our director, Dennis Agar, who is also on Zoom, I believe. So um, if Dennis, I, I'm not sure if you can hear me, but if you'd like to say a couple words. Yes, thank you, Marlon. And, and um, Mr. Chair, I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to say a few words, if that's okay. Yes, go ahead, absolutely. Okay, very good. Uh, first, first of all, uh, good evening, Mr. Chair, uh, members of the board, and of course, um, uh, Executive Director Amber Collins. Uh, thank you for this opportunity to allow me to join uh, via Zoom. Sorry I cannot be there in person, and I do appreciate uh, Marlon Registered being there uh, to provide the update. Uh, I, I did want to give a couple of updates here, and I'll keep it uh, high level here. Uh, first, uh, you know, with the uh, excitement with the new infrastructure, federal infrastructure bill, uh, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act that was approved last month uh, by the president. We're excited to uh, see that come to fruition, and hopefully uh, when we get more information, regarding uh, the funding and what's coming to California, specifically for transportation. Uh, we look forward to working with uh, Amber and the rest of your board on opportunities of how we can compete uh, for these dollars, whether it's our roadways or our bridges or other efforts uh, in your county. Uh, the, we are focused also on beds and bikes, and I'm sure there'll be money in there as well. Talked about your bike plan just, just now, and it, it sounds like a very good plan and moving forward. And if there's anything that we can do here as Caltrans, and whether it's state or federal dollars, uh, we can participate, uh, we will uh, look forward to that. Uh, in regards to uh, Clean California, just an update here on that. Uh, Caltrans sent out an email uh, statewide regarding a call for projects from our local grant uh, program on Clean California. And so if you um, uh, not, did not see that, uh, the Project applications are due February 1st in a couple of months. And so if you need uh, help as far as our external partners putting applications together, Sam Sherman uh, would be available uh, for that assistance. All that information, of course, uh, gets fed through uh, uh, your executive director, Amber. Uh, also, uh, regarding broadband efforts, uh, we are, uh, again, coordinating with, through Amber uh, regarding projects in Calaveras County. I know that um, we're, we're getting uh, things lined up and outside of Amber, uh, you could also let me know who our uh, broadband coordinator should be coordinating with. Uh, and again, uh, look forward to getting those projects uh, started. Uh, just lastly, I, I, uh, the letter that I sent to you last month or as part of this package, we just updated a lot of the things that are going on in your county whether it's projects, um, whether it's safety investigations, traffic operations investigations, and even maintenance activities. Uh, I hope that uh, you find information uh, uh, valuable. And of course, if you have any questions, please uh, let Marlon and I know. Uh, and if I don't have an opportunity to um, say it later, I do wanna wish uh, all the members of the board, of course, Mr. Chair and Amber, uh, happy holidays and a, uh, and a safe one as well and uh, look forward to seeing you all again in the new year. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chair, and I'll pass it back to Marlon. Thank you, Dennis. Um, before we go to Marlon, does any council member have any questions on Dennis, post Dennis? No, any members of the public? Thank you, Dennis. 
Marlon, you're up. All right. Thanks, Dennis. And I will continue with a couple more items for the board for tonight. Um, and this is a great segue based on the, the previous action item for our previous item for um, Complete Streets Active Transportation. Right now, our California, our, our parent agency, um, CalSTA, in partnership with our uh, headquarters, Caltrans, and Division of Local Assistance, we are offering another uh, workshop for at the Active Transportation Program, Cycle 6. Um, this workshop will be held on January 11th um, next year, and this will be from 1 to 4 p.m. This is a great opportunity to hear more about the, the actual program um, guidelines and if there's any um, sort of, I guess, desire for um, applying for the program. There's going to be a lot of information at this workshop, so I'd encourage you all to attend if you have the opportunity. Um, this information is on the um, CTC website, and it is, it's basically on catc.ca.gov, and you'll find the information there for the ATP workshop. Um, also, we have our Disadvantaged Communities Technical Assistance Program um, available, and, and basically there's some technical assistance available for if, again, if you're interested in applying for the Active Transportation Program, our partners and headquarters are willing to do site visits for any sort of um, project visioning that you may want um, feedback from our folks in Sacramento. So that is also available, and that, that information is also available on the CTC website. You can also email me, and I, I will help to um, secure any sort of site visits if you'd like. Um, I also do want to mention uh, we have recently released our Smart Mobility Framework Guide, which is an update from our 2010 Smart Mobility Framework um, document. And this is basically a starting point to implement multimodal and sustainable transportation strategies in California. Just um, very much aligned with our recent um, release of our Caltrans Strategic Plan and also our CTP 2050, our, our California Transportation Plan. So I just wanted to highlight that for you all, and, and that is also on our Caltrans website as well. Um, Dennis did mention the local grant program, and I, I do want to mention that the deadline for our call for applications is February 1st of 2022. So um, just be aware of that. And if you'd like any additional information, we have our Clean California coordinator, uh, Mr. Sam Sherman. Um, he is available for any sort of um, feedback that you may need regarding the program, as well as um, the local stipend program. And um, Mr. Chair, I hope that Sam did reach out to you or, or your team regarding the, the stipend yes. as well. Yes, and all the information. That's Thank great. You. That's great. I'm glad to hear. Um, briefly, um, for the board, I, I know we um, there was a question regarding Murphy's Grade Road and, and some improvements there, and if there can be um, some additional attention um, to um, certain bicycle pedestrian aspects. And I did inform Amber that our team is looking into programming some improvements in the near term to um, rectify that concern that the board had brought last month. So. Um, with that, um, again, I want to thank Rob and I want to thank um, Ms. 
Carrie as well for the presentation. Uh, we're definitely in support of that plan and we're hoping to coordinate with um, the COG moving forward on anything that comes out of that in terms of project um, initiation and um, we're happy to partner with the county on this as well. So um, with that, I will um, pass it back to the board. If there's any thoughts, questions, concerns, happy to have it. Thank you. Any questions time. by council members? I, I have, I, I have a, Marlon, um, something that I want to bring up. Sure. It was kind of touched on, um, on the shop project on Highway 4, um, and the fact that there was walking trails there before you did the widening for the left-hand turn lane. Right. And now there's not, and, and we, we have a picture, I think, we wanted to show where it actually shows the pedestrian walking and Dennis, hopefully you're still on here. Um, that we, we definitely, the Murphy's community plan calls for sidewalks in this area. It's in their community plan. And you can see the pedestrian walking and basically there's no longer a trail there. He's actually on the highway itself walking in, in what appears to be the, the, the bike lanes that are put in there. Um, it's not really a, a safe situation to have pedestrians walking through there like that. And I'm sure, um, you know, Caltrans is very cognizant of safety. Um, so if we can look at, at getting something done here um, in the near term, before we have some type of major accident there, I'd appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Mr. Chair. And Amber did follow up with me on this as well. Um, I, I told her we will work with our project management team to see if we can get some improvements in the near term like you like. You like. So uh, we do recognize the concern from the community and we want to be very responsive to it. Okay, thank you. And thank you for the job. I mean, it's a great job. It's very well done. And it, it's, it's made safe driving there and turning left. It doesn't stop traffic. So you have through traffic going through. So, but it's just that area of, of concern with pedestrians. Even if we get a sidewalk on one side temporarily, um, it would, they'd be able to at least walk safely on one side. Absolutely. Right. Michael Snell Elementary is right up the road right there. Yeah, I'm sure the kids walk the other way. That's right. Mr. Chair, this is Dennis. I just wanted to say I, I did hear you and I see the picture and I want to thank you for bringing it to our attention and we'll definitely uh, follow up uh, to address the issue that you brought up with the concerns with the pedestrians. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dennis. Is there any other council questions or comments? Is there any public comments or questions? No one in the room? Aaron, we have anybody on Zoom? No? No. All right, Dennis and Marlon, thank you for your presentation. As always, good job. Thank you, Mr. Chair. We'll be moving on to item number seven. This is city and county reports. Um, I see that we have Robert Packinger, Public Works Director, here in the room. He has a presentation for us, a report. Yes, I'm very happy to be here with you. I'm tired of looking at myself as a little old man on that screen, but <laughs> I don't think being here made an improvement on that regard. So let's talk about the uh, projects the capital improvement project uh, list that you sent out, Amber. That county roadway sign retro, retro reflectivity upgrade 
we had received funding for about 1.2 million or so and uh, we were able to submit when we submitted our uh, documents we asked for more funding for that and uh, we have about what it's a little over two million dollars that we have for the construction of that project um, that's going to help quite a bit there's about 3,500 signs that we're going to be replacing throughout the county. Um, we'll, you'll see a difference. The signs will be visible, and it'll be nice for nighttime driving. Uh, O'Burns Ferry Road left turn pocket. That's been completed. That was a safety project. There had been uh, a great concern because of rear ends happening as people are trying to turn from O'Burns Ferry Road onto Copper Cove Drive, and uh, we were able to c uh, to complete that project this year. And it, it turned out very nice. Um, we are still working on, well, some of these are completed here. The San Andreas uh, 49 Gateway Corridor PSR has been done, so now we have to work on getting funding for that so that we can start uh, building something. Uh, I'll, I'm going to skip the wagon trail there for a, for a second. State Route 49, 49 Mountain Ranch Road has also been completed. It's very nice. I'm uh, a great, uh, I could say, a beneficiary, direct beneficiary of that project since before I had to walk in the ditch or in the, you know, on the shoulder of the road to get home, I could just walk on the sidewalk, and it's very nice with the, uh, crosswalks and beautiful job. Valley Springs uh, School Safety Improvements. I think I've uh, informed you in the past that we have docking on board for our uh, engineering team. They've completed preliminary layout of the, war of the engineering, enough so that now we can move into the environmental phase of the project. So we're going to be reviewing the environment, the um, preliminary layouts that's happening these days. And we're hoping that the environmental will not be too much, perhaps just a categorical exemption. Okay. So let me go back now to the wagon trail realignment project. We, we hit our milestones on that one. We've awarded the contract for construction. We have awarded the contract for construction management, and we're already working with the team to have a pre-construction meeting. The pre-construction meeting should occur about the second week of December. We're waiting for some submittals from the contractor. And we're also trying to organize a meeting between the neighbors, the contractor, our construction management firm, and myself so that the neighbors know who to call if something's going on. That, you know, there's gonna be maybe some complaints that they have and I want them to see who, or meet who the contractor is and all the players here. So that's going to happen December 18th. We're scheduling that for Saturday, December 18th at 10 o'clock. We wanna do it down at the Armory in Copperopolis so that people can meet each other. Um, I understand that Supervisor Fallendorf will not be in the area, but we're trying to put it, make it in such a way that she could still participate, hopefully by Zoom. And it's at an hour that's decent for her. Okay. 
That's all I have right now. Any council questions? Any questions from the public? Seeing none, thank you, Robert, for that report. Thank you. Have a nice uh, Christmas and New Year's. We'll see you soon. You too. And, and Robert, thank you for your work on Cosgrove Creek. Thank you. And moving forward. We still have more to do. And then you still have San Andreas Creek. We do also, yes, sir. I, thank you. I know it wasn't Rose, but I had to bring it up. Thanks. It's, it's still work. <laughs> All right. We have Capital Improvements Program, the CIP quarterly report from City of Angels. Alvin, you're the mayor. Yeah, and Matt is gone today. He is in, uh, yeah, he's gone. I think he might be on Zoom. Oh, is he? Is he on Zoom? What? What? Okay. I heard he's a monitor or something. He said he'd call in. He's awesome. He might be on a phone number. Yeah. I will let him roll. We can see you, Matt. Can you hear oh, us? Oh, you need me? I, I was waiting. I didn't know if you were waiting. Sorry. <laughs> we were waiting for you. Okay. I wait for me. Oh. Yeah, all right. Well, all right, you're up. You know, I, I, I could have already been done by now. <laughs> okay. So uh, the, the projects are pretty straightforward. The State Route 49 sidewalk projects, as many of you know, that, that project is complete. And uh, we are working on the closeout of that project right now. So. I think that was uh, pretty successful. I, I take a lot of pleasure. I, my, my son runs cross country, and over at the uh, fairgrounds, they've had a couple of meets. And every time I drive down 49 on the weekends, I'll, I'll see a lot of people walking on the sidewalk. So I think that's, that's great in there. Um, Murphy's Great Road, the construction is ongoing, as you've seen out there. And I believe it would be pretty aggressive to say that we would be complete by the end of this year. I'm going to say probably. Uh, middle of January is more realistic time frame for completing that project. The uh, the Angels Creek Trail, I was really pleased to hear earlier the report on the um, cycling uh, report that was given earlier and that Angels Creek Trail is one of the key parts. Um, the portion, as you know, that we are working on is from Stilt Park um, down essentially into the downtown corridor and then further down, a little bit further down, um, connecting to the Greenhorn Creek uh, development. So the one that, of course, the uh, cycling uh, report earlier gave was, again, that final connection, which we're not working on right now, but that final connection would take you from that Greenhorn Creek connection all the way down to Malonis. So our project right now um, for the portion we're working on, the environmental, I'm pleased to say, is getting very close to a draft document, uh, which we would plan to release in January. With the plans of being at construction with the trail portion, the initial trail portion at least, in 2023. Um, I'm hoping that it, once the environmental document is complete, that, and of course next year with uh, paying on the types of funding that comes out of these infrastructure um, grants opportunities, that we may be able to position ourselves for some additional money for this project. 
Um, but it's pretty exciting. We're getting to a point, at least, of being able to release the draft environmental to the public um, and let folks take a look. The other projects on that list are um, minor striping and science projects. Um, one of those has federal funding that we are requesting our, we need to request authorization um, to receive those funds first before we can go out to bid. And that is in the process right now. So I believe both of those would be bidding probably towards the, let's just say the first quarter of 2022 uh, with implementation in the spring. I believe that's all the projects. If there's any questions, uh, more than happy to help answer those. Any council questions? None? John? No questions? All right, any public? No, I'm good, thank you. All right, any public questions? See no public questions? We will bring it back. And thank you, Matt, for your presentation. Thank you very much, Matt. And we will move on to item number eight. Item number eight is a minute order approving the award of a professional services agreement with Dewberry Engineers Incorporated to complete the Calaveras County evacuation and access needs assessment and preparedness plan. Do we have somebody here from Dewberry or somebody on Zoom? Oh, well, Matt Satow is with Dewberry, and he's actually the principal in charge on the project. Not the project manager, but the principal in charge. So he is on if there are any questions about Dewberry um, that the council might have. Uh, but I'll give kind of quick background um, overview on the project. Um, so as you might remember, we were awarded a grant um, to study evacuation and access needs. This came about um, when we're, we're looking at, you know, the planning grant program and working with our uh, city and county um, staff and asking them, you know, what are some unfunded needs um, you have? And they identified a gap in uh, studying and planning for evacuation and access needs. Um, the other reason we went um, for this is to support existing um, projects that we're trying to get funding for. As you know, in, especially in the new infrastructure bill and at the state level, um, resiliency projects to improve uh, Climate resiliency and, and evacuation access um, are really critical to um, the state and federal government right now, and so there's a lot of funding for that right now. So we saw this as another opportunity to um, provide the data and information to support existing projects like Wagon Trail um, and other projects throughout the county that, that need funding. Um, and so mostly, you know, this will be a plan. Um, and that will be the main deliverable, but most importantly, obviously, positioning projects for funding. Uh, but it will also develop a list of projects um, that will include improvements to existing facilities, um, new improvements, maybe alternative access for particular areas of the county. Um, the city, I know, you know, there are certain areas in the city that need alternative access to some of their communities there. Um, and then working with Public Works, too, for some maintenance and management strategies um, to improve, um, you know, uh, not just response to emergencies, but um, in preparing for emergencies as well. Uh, so we released an RFP in September. Um, this really uh, required kind of, this scope required kind of a unique team. 
um, of expertise, not just in emergency management um, and understanding those types of funding programs, but in transportation planning and engineering. And so we got three really qualified um, bids, I mean proposals, which was good. Uh, we reviewed them with county OES staff, um, city staff, county public works, Caltrans, and COG staff. So we all reviewed the proposals. Um, and Dewberry came out on, on top as the most technically uh, qualified firm. They have a really good um, project manager who's worked at District 10 and has done um, a lot of work in this region. So we're really excited to work with him. And like I said, Matt Satow is the principal in charge um, to make sure you know, quality management and control. And he's done a lot of work in this county. We have a good relationship with Dewberry. So, um, and this will require, too, a lot of coordination with a lot of agencies we haven't worked with at COG, um, you know, a lot of emergency responders and um, OES department, fire, sheriff. Um, so it's going to take a lot of uh, facilitation and working with different stakeholders. Um, that's definitely something we haven't uh, done here before, so we definitely need a strong team with us to help us through this process. Um, and if awarded tonight, uh, it's about an 18-month process, so we're looking to complete this by June of 2023. Are there any questions from the council? Are there any questions by council members on this item? Uh, Amber and I had a conversation earlier today on this item, so um, many of my questions were, I guess you could say answered. Um, <laughs> so is there any, anyone else have any questions? I, I just had some questions on the verbiage of what their job is supposed to be, but Amber and I had gone through it, so. Yeah, and I think some clarity, and I understand, Gary, you know, sometimes my head's stuck in, in plan wor planner world, um, and I need to take a step back and make things a little bit more clear. Uh, the grant objectives that, the objectives that were here in the staff report you know, where are the grant objectives? And sometimes they're, they're very vague and very high, you know, level and aspirational, you would say. Um, so that's not necessarily like the scope or what Dewberry is being held to. And I think that's where the confusion was. So in the future, I think making the staff reports more clear what the exact scope is would probably be helpful so you don't have to read through the contract to <laughs> see the scope. Um, but like I said to Gary, these are very, aspirational um, objectives of this project. Yeah, it's just when it comes to contracts and the verbiage in contracts is very, um, needs to be very defined because it could be open for discussion or even other things. So um, I'm okay with it. We'll see how it goes. It's eight, this is an 18 month contract and Matt, you're supposed to be done in June 2023. And I see you are the project manager for Dewberry. No, actually, I'm the uh, principal in charge. But uh, you are you are correct. It's about an 18 month process on this, so and you, you you are familiar with the whole contract then. I am familiar with the contract, but I will not be in the weeds on this one. Um, just so you know. <laughs> Okay. All right. If you could send me the contact, the contact info for Dewberry on this project, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. 
it's in uh, in the contract, um, I believe. Was that not included, Matt, in the technical? It, it is, um, but I'll we'll, we'll go ahead and send that through. And okay, it uh, should have it should have the organizational chart. Does it have it? I, I didn't I didn't go all the way down. Uh, past, I went and looked at attachment A, but I didn't see. I just saw Matt's name and your name. And the contract also makes it really clear the scope of work and the tasks that under each, you know, element of this. So it's not vague like the staff report. Um, it's definitely a lot more detailed. I mean, if you look at it, it's, yeah. Okay. So any other questions or comments? No. Any public comments or questions on this item? No? All right, I'll bring it back to the council. Um, I'm open for, open for a motion for this minute order approving the award of professional service agreement with Dewberry Engineers Incorporated. So moved. Motion by Tim, second by Alvin. Call for a vote. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Aye. Passes 5011. All right, we will move on to item number nine. This is a resolution fiscal year 22-11, approving the submittal of the final 2022 Regional Transportation Improvement Program or the RTIP to the California Transportation Commission. Amber? Right, thank you, Chair. I'll take this one. Um, so we presented the draft at the last uh, COG board meeting. Um, nothing has changed since that draft. Um, the draft has been reviewed by Caltrans District 10, the California Transportation Commission or CTC staff, um, as well as our technical advisory committee, um, and all supported the, the our final RTIP. Um, so it's due to CTC by December 15th, and just as a recap, um, this RTIP programs uh, $4.5 million towards the eastern segment of Wagon Trail, towards um, design in fiscal year 25-26. The strategy was to be able to, you know, readdress that programming uh, in two years if we need to, move it up or, or apply any federal grants to it. Um, one other thing I will note um, at a recent meeting, um, since the federal infrastructure bill was passed, um, CTC is expecting since um, the STIP funding has a mix of state and federal funding, um, they're anticipating revised um, estimates for the STIP, which then would give us an opportunity to come back and revise our RTIP. Um, so we may be seeing a change in that. They're supposed to bring uh, the revised fund estimates to the January CTC meeting. So I'm, we may see something at our February COG meeting or March in terms of a revised draft. And it'd be good, it, it would mean we'd probably just reduce our um, advance ask. Any, any council questions on this item? John, any questions? No, I'm good too, thank you. And I'll vote. All right, any public questions or comments? Seeing none, we'll bring it back to the council. I'm open for a motion to approve the submittal of the fiscal year 2022 Regional Transportation Improvement Plan. So moved. Second. So a motion by Justin, a second by Tim. Call for a vote. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? <clears throat> Passes 5-1-1.
We'll move on to item number 10. Just a, a comment, Chair. I am also voting and voted aye. Oh, you, okay. oh, I'm sorry. Okay, you're right. Six, zero, one. Thank you, John. They can fit on the other one, too. And it's 6-0-1 on the other one, also, previously. All right, we'll move on to item number 10. This is citizen member appointment process. It's a process. And we have John on Zoom, and we have Justin present with us. I'm not running, Tim. It's Tim. Oh, Tim, excuse me. I don't think we have enough. You were just you were just appointed the other. By afternoon. Yeah. I don't think we have enough people today to. Uh, we have three or four. We have three or four. We have. Oh, you can do three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. selected yeah. Okay. We already had this discussion. Okay. So, Amber, you want to take the lead on this, as you listed? Oh, sure. Yes, I can. Um, so, as stated, we have two upcoming vacant uh, positions, um, and we received two applications. And so, the applicants are here this evening, um, and have submitted their applications, Tim Muterdes and John Gomes, uh, for the council's consideration. And as uh, Supervisor Tofanelli stated, um, our policies and procedures state that you only need a majority of the member agencies uh, vote. So, which we have here this evening, three of four. Um, which is enough to, to approve. Um, so I, I'll hand it uh, back to the chair if you want to open up. Um, I think invite the applicants to the podium or on Zoom uh, for a brief presentation of interests and qualifications. And then after each presentation, the chair will open the floor for council for questions um, for the applicants. Um, after the final applicant, the chair will make a call for nominations. Um, and then appoint each member. Yeah, this is a two-part uh, item here. First part is the presentation by applicants and questions by elected members of the council. Uh, do you have a presentation for us at this time? Are you ready for questions? I'm more than happy to answer any questions you might have. Okay. Do we have any? Do we want to grill him at this time? <laughs> <laughs> to put him under the heat, the lamp, and stand in the lamp. Coming Would down. you like me at the podium? <laughs> no, you don't have to go to the okay. podium. Um, no questions by anybody on his qualifications. How long? I do have a couple questions. I guess. How long have you been on the council? I believe it's six or seven years now. Six or seven years now. Okay. And. Um, and I would like to clarify something. At our last meeting, Zoom, we were talking about the wagon trail, and I had said, I looked forward to the day when I didn't hear my scanner go off at night and there'd be another wreck at Highway 4. I said that because serving on the council, I feel guilty. I feel responsible. I mean, it's our job to fix the problem. And you know, granted, there's a little thing called money in the way, but, uh, but that's why I made the statement. Is that, uh, I see. Well, then the other question is, since you've been on the board or the council for that long, um, I prepared a list of acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> you prepared. <laughs> Let me see if I have a cheat sheet. <laughs> to uh, go through all the acronyms and tell me what they are. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> okay. Any other questions? No? 
All right, we'll move on to John. John, do you have a presentation or are you open for questions for the council? I'm happy just to state that as I put in my letter, I've uh, recently retired. So if anything, I do now have a bit more time to offer and dedicate to the council and to the transit agency. Um, I've enjoyed working with both the staff and the council members um, on the myriad of projects um, that we've worked on over the last, for me, it's been over eight years. This will be my ninth and tenth year I'm applying for. And it's, uh, for me, just an opportunity to, I think, as Tim said, you know, look around and recognize that there are things that need to be taken care of and, and step up and try and encourage or get those things taken care of. So I, uh, I again, just want to say that I've enjoyed so far uh, the time I've spent and look forward to uh, doing the same should I uh, be reappointed. Thank you, John. Is there any questions by council? I don't have a question, but I just want to say thank you to both of you. Both of you have my applied. Oh. Push. There you go. There you You're go. on. So I just wanted to say thank you because now that I'm sitting on this side of things, I realize how easy it is for people to complain but not actually step up to do anything about it. So I just am saying thank you for stepping up and doing something about it. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'll go next. And I, I want to say thank you to John. Uh, you're eight years in, signing up for another two, so that'll put you at 10. And Tim, you were at six going for eight, it sounded like. So thank you for your service. Um, I've worked with you guys the last three years, and it's been a pleasure. Um, and I really appreciate that John just signed up for anything extra. That's that's an amazing step. <laughs> you just put your name out there for all sorts of people. <laughs> so thank you very much to the two of you. Thank you. Um, and and uh, Justin, do you want to say anything? Um, either one of them? I would, I would just like to say thank you to both you guys um, for being consistent and uh, attending the majority of the meetings throughout the years that you've both been on uh, the board. I've been on the board for similar amount of time and uh, it's been nice to have a consistent citizen group membership um, and it looks like that's helped get a lot of the projects that we've had that were on the books six years ago the majority of those have been completed um, I'm not saying it's just because of you guys but I think because of the consistency we've been able to keep <clears throat> things on track and uh, moving forward without too much bickering amongst uh, the board. Both valuable players in the game. <laughs> and and I, I want to say, and I've said it many times before in, in the last couple of years, um, I want to thank both of you. I, I want to thank Justin too. I, I think it's, it's helped um, COG uh, move forward in many items that we've done over the course of the last few years with the consistency with the board. Um, and maintaining that level of consistency where everybody knows, again, the acronyms and knows how it works and knows what's going on and understands. Not to say that there's other people out there that can't come forward that want to sit on the council, um, but uh, I think going through the phases that we're going through and especially with the Rag and Trail project, being this close to starting next year on phase one and going forward on phase two to get it complete, it's very vital that we stay um, as, as together as much as we can um, until at least that project, one of the major projects in the county is completed. So I want to thank all of you for stepping up to the plate. Thank you. Um, 
and, and maintaining the level uh, that you have here at the council. Um, and um, Amber, do you wish to say anything to either one of them? Sure, you haven't uh, voted yet, but uh, <laughs> assuming the positive uh, results. <laughs> Influence they voted. <laughs> no, I absolutely echo everything um, each of you has said. Thank you, Isabel, you know, just stepping up and committing your time. I know these packets aren't easy. It's complicated information and it's a lot that I throw at you once a month. Um, so I just I greatly appreciate your participation and following along with everything. Um, and just the way you work with my staff and myself, I greatly appreciate it. Your leadership plays a role in that. So thank you. And, and uh, just Amber's not here. She's at CSAC uh, conference. Amanda. I mean Amber. <laughs> Amanda. Amanda. I do at least. Amanda's not here. She's at CSAC. Um, but we were very lucky. The, the council was very lucky. In fact, she was on this council as a city member. Yes. And when she got elected uh, to the board, um, we directed her to come back and sit here. So there was a continuity there that went through that really helped, I think, because uh, Amanda is very um, vital to this council. Um, so with that being said, um, I am open for a motion. Oh, wait, I got to go public comment. Is there any public comment on this item? No public comment? Okay, um, I'll bring it back to the council and the three uh, elected members of the members that will be voting on this item. Uh, it is a quorum. There's four of us and only three are present, but it does register as a quorum. So I'm open for a motion for um, the nominations of the two people that have applied for this job. I will make a, I will make a motion for John Gomes. Oh, you get your hand up. Go for it. No, well, so, uh, I'll make a motion for I'll make a motion for John Gomes. You second that. I'll second that. Okay. So now you can make a motion for Tim. And I'll second that. Okay. So you have a motion <laughs> for to accept both of them onto the council for a two-year term. I'll call for a vote. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Passes three zero one. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys for the uh, confidence and the. Uh, Happiness continue on. Thank you, John. And we will move on to item item number eleven: council reports, the verbal reports. No supplemental materials have been included by any of us. So, uh, new member Tim. Yes, sir. Do you have anything to report? <laughs> I would like to to just share that Friday night was our annual event at White Pines that went from a lighted parade to a laser show. It was a huge success. I heard it was. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, this outfit is international, and it was only a fluke that we got them. Huh? Um, and they were very excited to come someplace close. They're based in outside of Sacramento, but they typically travel all over the world doing these. Wow. Um, and then, in fact, the next day, they reached out to us asking if we'd like to be penciled in for next year. So. Um, it was a huge success. We have the Sheriff's Department, CCWD, the county, there was... Events now has, as I'm sure you're aware, extra red tape because of recent litigation with another municipality. And uh, we really struggled because we didn't get that permit until the Monday before the event. Um, but the county and CCWD and the Sheriff's Department all helped, were huge, a huge help in the success. So, 
Good, good job. Justin? I have nothing to report tonight. Okay, Isabel? Um, I don't have anything to report. I just want to say it's nice to be in the room with all of you for the first time, and, um, and happy holidays. Alvin? Nothing to report, really. Um, everything's cruising along, and I uh, just want to say happy holidays, and uh, everybody be safe and have a good Christmas. And John, do you have anything to report? Sure, I uh, also share the, the wishes for happy holidays. And uh, and again, just uh, encouraged by even the, the bike ped plan that was presented earlier um, and the opportunities for, for moving forward with improving some of our side roads, not just our highways that uh, will benefit all of our residents uh, in a number of ways. So yes, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful and look forward to talking to you guys again in, in February. Okay, um, I will report um, that on December 4th, which is just Saturday, uh, since Tim brought up events going on, uh, the 39th annual Valley Springs Area Business Association's Christmas Parade will take place starting at 10 a.m. And um, we have uh, quite a large number of people lined up or organizations lined up for the parade. Some of them have as many as 50 people in them. Awesome. Um, and marching band has like 42 members in it. So there's some large numbers um, of organizations that have signed up for this event. It's been, we didn't have it last year, so they're kind of all ready to go. So it's a good thing. And I want to wish everybody happy holidays. We will not meet for a while. So um, uh, hopefully everything goes well and all your family and um, you have a great Christmas season and a happy new year coming up so with that we'll go on to item number 12 staff report verbal report there is some supplemental materials included for the executive director's report although it says no materials are included but there are <laughs> yes this, this is you report. amber um i did provide a detailed staff report of updates on some projects um just to provide you uh, I mean, you all know on November 15th, our president signed the infrastructure bill. Um, that was big news. Um, for It's $1.2 trillion, um, but in that bill obviously reauthorizes our transportation infrastructure package for the next five years from 2022 to 2026. So that's really good news because uh, the FAST Act was expiring and that's how we get all of our transportation money. So, and that's how we function at COG and that's how we're funded. Um, so that's really good news. Um, apparently 567 billion of the 1.2 trillion is going to the U.S. Department of Transportation. Of that 567 uh, going, billion going to USDOT, 293 billion is baseline funding, so that's current FAST Act levels. Um, and then the remaining 274 billion is new spending authorities. So it's almost doubling what the FAST Act was, um, but it's interesting because this bill includes a lot and puts a lot of money in new grant, you know, uh, competitive programs as opposed to formula pr programs. So how that will impact us, um, we're just seeing the big, you know, ticket numbers for each fun funding program and we're just waiting to see kind of how it starts funneling through and, and gets distributed to the states and then to us. Um, a few, you know, just to give you an idea, 
you know, our RSTP and CMAC programs that we use to fund a lot of bike ped projects here. Um, we get about half a million um, in each of those programs on a, in a year, um, and those are looking like about 10 to 24 percent increases in those programs. Um, again, how that kind of, if they change how the formulas work, that'll impact us, but, you know, 10, 24 percent of half a million is not, sing it's something, but it's, you know, it's not going to buy us a new um, bike path to, to Lodi or Stockton. But. The paint, you'll buy the paint. That's yeah. <laughs> but there will be, there's just a ton of new competitive grant <coughs> programs, so we're really, you know, it's good to have these plans. I know we do a lot of planning, and it's going to pay off. Um, having these, these plans will help us be more competitive, um, but it does definitely, it costs money to get money. Um, so it's definitely more work on staff to apply for grant funds. And as Gary and all of you know, um, federal grant funding is very competitive uh, and difficult for our rural regions to compete. So that's the disadvantage of, of it all being funneled through competitive programs. But that's the update on that. And hopefully, you know, in February I'll have, you know, maybe some tables with more um, factual information on what money we might get through that program. Do you think there's a chance that there might be enough money in there to get the eastern phase done? Um, there's more competitive grant programs we might be able to go after t for the eastern phase, but it's going to take a lot of advocacy to get us there at the federal level. There won't be enough formulaic funds that, you know, we have discretion over to get the eastern phase done. The eastern phase is, you know, estimated at $53 million. Um, so it's definitely, it's going to take federal money. Um, so it's good that there's more federal money in these programs, but it's, it's still going to be a challenge. I, I will say this, and I should have reported it when I said um, on the council reports. Last Friday, Amanda and myself and uh, Mia O'Connell um, had a Zoom meeting with the Assistant Secretary of De uh, Department of Transportation in, in Federal in Washington, D.C. And um, we had some discussions on some of the money that Amber's talking about right now. And he was very um, direct in saying that they won't tell the state how to spend the money, on where to spend the money and who to give the money to. They will have restrictions on where the money is spent and how it's spent, but they won't tell them. We were asking him to put in a word for to Calaveras County for our project and emergency. We're calling it, it is an emergency. Um, road escape route um, on Highway 4 and Wagon Trail project for phase two. And he was very direct in saying that they will not step in and tell the state, please give some money to Calaveras County or any other county or municipality. Um, but we did get him to say that he would call Caltrans and ask Caltrans about our project. So that's somewhat of a step forward. Um, but who knows where the, the state's going to spend this money? You know, in their in their scope of things, um, we were very lucky when when Amber and excuse me, Amanda and I spoke to the CTC when that round of funds came around, and we were able to get 22 million from them. Uh, when the next round comes around, um, if, at least we have him asking Caltrans, and we'll have Caltrans hopefully on our side to get this done. But when you look at the realm of things. Um, 
this six or two point three mile section that's left for phase two is not a very big project for them. They want to go out and get big projects done. Um, so you know, it's 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 a flip of a coin. We're hoping that we can get the funding in place. It's a large amount of money for us for that portion of it. It's it's. Um, what $53 million we're looking at and finish that last part of it. Um, and it is a big amount of money that, you know, they could be looking at spending in the larger scope of things to improve other highways that are, that are, that are have more transportation on them than we do in here in um, Highway 4. Although Amanda and I talked about um, having, and Robert's left, and I will have a discussion with him, um, during at least this season when it's ski season and in during the summer season when people are going up to camp or whatever to use a, a, the High Sierra to put meters out there to get a, a count of cars that are traveling in that area. It may help us tremendously um, in the fact that we can show that it's highly traveled by tourists and, and, and there just last week there were two accidents on Highway 4. Um, that we're keeping count of for our presentation to CTC uh, as an emergency route that we need to fix this last section because on the other side of Angels it's all fixed. We had a nice highway going all the way up to Alpine and on the other side of Copperopolis um, it's all fixed. We can do 70 miles an hour. The only part in Calaveras County you can do 70 miles an hour. Um, so you know, these are things that we're trying to do to at least find the funding and get the funding um, secured before we finish phase one of it. So we can immediately go into phase two and have it constructed, um, at least bid on and have the contracts ready to grow. So I didn't mean to cut you in there, but I, I no, forgot I, that it, Amanda and I. Well, had, I think that work with USDOT is going to be important, not just because, like you said, they don't have discretionary funding really towards projects like this. They give that all to the state. Um, but their competitive grant programs, I mean, at least having that communication and maybe they can, I don't know, flag. The, that's what they say, like the grant um, when we submit it. Um, so, you know, I think that work is going to be important when we submit for competitive grants for that project. But the challenge is always, you know, the, the, the successful competitive grants at the federal level require such high um, match ratios and leveraging ratios, it's hard for us to get that with, you know, state and local funds. So we have such little, but, yeah. you know. But we're working at it. We're, we're trying to chip away and get these phases, get it shovel ready, and then we'll start trying to apply, you know, state and local funds on it, get the leveraging points and then go after the, the bigger federal dollars. The initial 4.5 to get the, the, uh, the design done before is very critical. So we need to get, hopefully very soon, committed some money to get that done. So we are in sequence to get it ready by the time 2024 comes around and phase one is completed that we can move right into it. So, um, And if you notice on the Caltrans report, they are doing a bridge uh, fixing starting to repair next year the bridge on Highway 4, um, which is going to be right in line with us moving in if we go. So, Amber, um, anything else? Uh, just one more thing I wanted to make you aware of, um, and I'll bring updates to you, and this is actually more of a transit agency issue. 
Um, but there is apparently a ruling at the end of October by, and I'm reading off my paper here because it's a little bit complicated, uh, by the U.S. Department of Labor. Um, Office of Labor Management Standards, who issued a determination that California is not eligible um, to receive federal money for public transit. And so they're alleging that apparently the state's um, 2013 Public Employees Pension Reform Act did not comply with the Federal Urban Mass Transportation Act of 1964. Um, so that's a big decision. And that would impact um, our funding through this new infrastructure package that goes to transit. Right now, transit, we receive about 25% about of our operations comes from federal formula funds. Um, and then we also rely on them for um, capital funds, especially if we're going to transition to electric vehicles. So this is a big issue. Obviously, all the state transit agencies, um, the California Transit Association, obviously, is up in Washington dealing with this right now. Um, I guess in response, the state of California filed a motion to stay implementation of the determination on November 19th. Um, so we're still waiting to hear back an uh, update from that. So there's supposed to be an update next week um, from the California Transit Association. So we're just waiting on more information. But that's as much information as I have right now. That's as much as I've gotten. Um, Caltrans hasn't sent much information on that right now, but um, that's something that's a potential impact. But I'd imagine it impacts significantly all the transit agencies throughout California. So I'm hoping um, we can work through this. But that's it. That's it. Okay. Is there any public comments on the director's report? Any council comments, questions? Okay, Kylie. You're up. Do you have anything to report? Anything at all? You've been awful quiet tonight. I know. You, you didn't even have an agenda item on this part. Just wait till February. It's going to be all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, you're going to be loaded up in February. She's wrapping it up. <laughs> all right. Great, powerful Aaron. Do you have anything you wish to say? You, here's your chance. You have nothing to say. Okay. Well, with that being said, we'll move on to the final item, and that's adjournment. Uh, the next meeting, scheduled meeting of the COG is February 2nd, 2022 at 5.30 p.m., and we hope to have it here. And with that, we are adjourned, and we will convene. What time do you have, Kylie? I'm Kylie, sorry. Aaron. <laughs> The great powerful, what time do you have? 7.05. 7.05. We will convene as the Calaveras Transit Agency at 7.05 p.m. And it says we have on our agenda, we have to do a Pledge of Allegiance again. <laughs> so because it's on our agenda, we have to do it. Please stand if you can for the pledge. And Susan, will you please lead us? Consent agenda. The consent agenda items are expected to be routine and non controversial and be acted upon by the council at one time without discussion. Any council member, staff member, or interested parties may request that an item be removed from the consent agenda for further discussion.
Is there any council member that wish to pull an item from the consents? Is there any staff member wish to pull an item? Seeing none. Is there any member of the public wish to pull an item? Hearing none, I'll bring it back to the council. I'm open for a motion for the consent agenda. Motion. Second. A motion by Tim, a second by Justin. Reversed. Reversed. Motion by Justin and a second by Tim. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Passes 601. Moving on to the regular agenda. Item number four, this is public comment. This is five minutes per person. Comments should be limited to the items that are within the subject matter and jurisdiction of the council and not on the posted agenda. This is government code section 54954.3A. Is there any public comments? We have none? None? Okay, we'll close public comments and we will move on to item number five, the Transit Capital Improvement Program quarterly report. This says Amber Collins, Executive Director, will be handling this for us. All right, my last item, I promise. Um, this actually, I was just thinking about this. Uh, this CIP report was built around um, projects funded by COG and through COG, which only includes the PTMISDA funds. Um, we also have other capital projects, which are bus replacements, which are funded through other funding sources. So um, next time we'll, we'll add all of our CIP projects so that there's you know, no confusion that these are the only two projects we're working on. But to update you on these, um, the facility improvements, 72% complete. Uh, the remaining work on that project is the facility generator. We ordered the generator, um, executed contract, and uh, I guess tomorrow they're coming out and laying the concrete pad. Um, but I guess the generator itself has been a little bit delayed, but it's good to they're see a little bit of movement. Yes, they're about six months. Well, at least we're laying the concrete pads. We're getting ready for it. <laughs> um, and then, so there will be a small amount remaining on this project, mostly because of all the um, interest that's been kind of stacked up from the PTMSA funds since we've had these funds since I think 2009, um, this project. And so actually Supervisor Tofanelli has brought to my attention um, a, a need in Mountain Ranch for a bus shelter at the Mountain Ranch um, Community Park where the Mountain Ranch Youth Alliance and Food Pantry is. And we do a lot of work with the food pantry. Um, and they're actually requesting a bus stop there because um, a lot of people ride the bus uh, to get to the food pantry. So we're actually looking at using the remaining funds there since we have um, a few prefab shelters remaining from the original project the county had. Um, so we're, we're looking at that project. I'm meeting with the county uh, CAO next week um, to see what we can do. I think that's a county-owned property, so there's potential partnership there. And so that's what we're doing, hopefully, with the remaining of, of those funds. Uh, and then the purchase of four new Ford buses, that's 56% complete. Um, we've already received two of the buses. They're already in operation. Um, and then we ordered two smaller buses. They're going to be all-wheel drive um, buses, just a little bit larger than vans. Uh, better to maneuver, you know, the high country and all-wheel drive will be nice. So 
uh, our operator is really excited sure. about that. Um, but obviously, delays waiting on the microchip issue. So we're still waiting for, for those. Part buses. of your generator is not going to show up, too. <laughs> well, the Wi Fi part. Because the, the, the chip issue. The right. generator will show, but the then they'll send you the rest of it a couple months later. Well, hopefully we can get it installed well, and ready. Hopefully before 2024, because the legislation says that all these generators and mm -hmm. gas lawnmowers mm -hmm. and all has to be battery. And so in 2040, all cars. <laughs> 2060, gas stations won't be allowed anymore in California. So, okay. Just, yeah, try and keep up. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are the updates on the capital projects. Okay. Is there any questions by council? Is there any public questions or comments? Mm -hmm. Seeing none, that's the report only. Thank you, Ms. Gollins. We'll move on to item number six. This is the paratransit services operations contractor report. Cynthia, you made it from the doctors here. And I you've been did. sitting quietly all this time through all this meeting. Thank I you. I did, I did. <laughs> Greetings, solid dressings. It's great to be here. Can, can, you, can you move your mask? So oh, yeah, sorry. Th thank you. I get used to it after a while. Um, so we have some things we've done this month, uh, or well, last month now. Um, safety and training. Um, we do de-escalation, so uh, all of our drivers are prepared in case something breaks out on the bus. They can uh, bring this, the situation down. Uh, so we did a lot of refresher training on that. Um, we also um, have recently added, last year I think it was human trafficking, uh, since they do use our transit systems um, to uh, conduct their business that way. Um, we uh, now can train our drivers to look for the signs um, and also how to report them. Uh, we also did some other refresher training because it's that time of year, uh, chains installation, winter driving techniques, just try to freshen it up, remind them, you know, of some of the hazards. It's been a little while since we had any true snow and I'm wondering what this year is going to give us. So, uh, for our transit service updates, um, our dial-a-ride service uh, for the month of November was 458 passengers, and out of that 458, 91 was West Point. Um, we have a nice group of people up there, and they keep us busy every Wednesday. So um, hats, hats off to them. We thank them for that. Um, the rest of our dial-a-ride is countywide dial-a-ride, but it, at this time it does include our blue line, which is Angels Camp to Arnold, um, and then um, San Andreas to um, Jackson. Those are highly used um, routes uh, that we're um, taking people to and from. They still have to call and reserve their seat on those vehicles. Uh, then, of course, the rest, the remainder is uh, people from um, different groups uh, like the ARC or Compass out in Jackson. Um, and then some grocery um, 
shopping is being done here locally uh, and some doctor's appointments as well. So they're starting to, to notice that we've got some services that they can really utilize. Um, projects. Uh, I've been working with Amber. Uh, we're on weekly meetings with SPARE, uh, creating our uh, dispatch program for the Dial-A-Ride. Um, so we're getting that up and running, and we're going to um, have a successful start, I believe, in January, because it's moving along really well. Um, and we got some training coming up for the, or for the dispatchers and then the drivers. Uh, and then working with Amber as well on the new service model, which is, of course, our um, red line is going to go from Valley Springs to Arnold and back all on an hourly service. Um, so we've increased that, uh, created new routes for that, as well as um, time schedules. Uh, our Columbia College is the other one. Uh, we've uh, revamped that route um, to provide the Columbia College students service when they are actually in class, um, which will really um, be nice for them. And it's, uh, it's around the time frames they're currently using. Um, and the nice part is it'll match up with Arnold, people coming down from Arnold and then people coming from Valley Springs. Um, and then just the writer's guide. Hats off to Amber and <laughs> her team. They've been putting together the new writer's guide and getting all this information and uh, just part of the, you know, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> so. Um, and then Zoom, with all the changes, we're still going to utilize Zoom for our fixed route. Um, and so when we go to this new model, we have to create paddles that the drivers um, use. So the drivers, it's like they're pieces of work. And that creates a paddle in Zoom. And so we're recreating that as well. So um, just a busy month of of those kinds of things. But other than that, everything else is going really well. Um, I don't know, you probably saw it on social media. We did have a pretty major accident. Uh, someone hit us uh, down in Valley Springs and totaled our van. The good news was everybody was fine. There was two passengers um, and our driver. Um, it was rolled over. Um, and uh, they came out of it virtually not, nothing wrong. I mean, uh, true blessing. Um, all the safety uh, items in the bus were, they, they all showed up. The, the bags, the, the, everyone had their seat belts on, there, you know. So we're really lucky. And the gentleman that, um, that did hit us, um, he was fine as well. So um, we were really thankful. Someday maybe they'll fix that road, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the camera showed everything right up to the point of impact and, and that, that gave us everything we needed to know. So that was amazing. So yeah. There's cameras on each side of the outside and inside. Inside. And it showed clearly exactly what happened. Good. It was amazing. It also showed the passengers inside and luckily they were <laughs> yeah. Like she said, it was amazing. The passengers and driver were all on, on the, the impact side. side. 
stars aligned and everything turned out okay. They did. And, <laughs> and it, it, was our brand, it was a brand new driver. And he was just like, wow. And uh, then the following, well, that was a Wednesday, and I believe. And then, like, the, the Saturday, or maybe it was Thursday. It was on the 4th, yeah. And then on the 6th, which was our last day, um, somebody at the World Mart turned into our bus. It, very little damage, just a little bit. But um, I said, and it, that was my new driver as well. I had two new drivers. <laughs> so... But everybody was fine, and um, you know things are replaceable, but people aren't. So we were we were very thankful for the outcome of everybody being okay. So that's all I have. Any questions? Any questions? Do, do, how soon will we get a bus to replace that bus? That was well, we're still waiting on those other two. Oh, we're still waiting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, we, we did talk about um, possibly replacing it with, uh, if we can, an electric, but we're not yes. sure. Yeah. We might be able to use a car Moyo Moyo program too on that bus. And if, yeah, this one's a van. This was just a Dodge Caravan. Yeah. So that could be potentially a good first. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was Thursday. It was it was funny. The reason I knew it was Thursday is um, our Rotary Club meets at La Contenta, and we had Rich Dickinson, who's Calco Fire Chief, oh. speaking at the time, and his beeper went off, and just like that, he said, "I got to go. Bye. There's a head on," and he was gone like that out the door, and yeah, it was that accident. It was, yeah. Valley Springs. Yeah, I I struggled to get there. I I actually live in in Gold Court or Gold Gold Creek. Gold, Gold Creek, yeah, and and so you come out there and you can't you couldn't can't get, get there. You could only turn left on Highway 26 when we left out of our meeting because the traffic's backed up and mm -hmm. you couldn't go that way. And everybody's trying to turn around, so you had to go left and go all the way around. Exactly. Yeah, New Hagen, Hogan, Vista Del Lago. Yeah. Yeah. By the time I was able to get there, they had already pulled it out of the, the ditch and got it up on the, um, uh, tow truck. So, um, but I was able to see everybody and transport, you know, the passengers and whatnot. But yeah. Yeah. Scary. Very scary. It is scary. Yeah. Yeah. But I was thankful everybody was fine. So. So no council. John. Anyone? No. I'm good, thank you. Any public comments? Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a safe and blessed New Year. You too. Thank you. All right, we'll move on to item number seven. And this is staff reports. As a verbal report, no supplemental materials were included. And we're going to start with staff. Aaron, this is your final chance tonight to say anything. I'm going to hold it in and say that. <laughs> Not even Merry Christmas. Have a nice holiday. Can I hear festive shirts? My festive pen. Your pen's very nice. I noticed that little model. Yeah. Bring it here. Kylie, here's your last chance. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Thank you for that, Kylie. Amber. 
do you have anything you wish to say in, as we part for till February? I guess Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, <laughs> enjoy some time off hopefully with family and friends. And thank you for a good year, another good year. All right, so we move on to item number eight. This is adjournment. And the next scheduled meeting of the CTA is February 2nd, 2022 at 5.30 p.m. And with that, we stand adjourned. Hey, everyone. Bye, John. Bye, John. Bye, John. Have a good night. The kid in the back, we can hear that.